The sponsor for the month is Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. They've provided resources for churches since 1982 through conferences, books, the Sword in the Trial podcast, video documentaries, online articles found at founders.org, the quarterly Founders Journal, Bible studies, international church search, and the newly launched seminary level training program, the Institute of Public Theology. Founders believes that the biblical faith is inherently doctrinal, and they are therefore confessional in their convictions. You can learn more about Founders Ministries and how to partner with them at founders.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is take two. I hope you're doing well. This morning, today we're going to wrap up the series on suffering. We're going to talk about persecution, and this should be short and sweet, and we're going to move on to a new series. Thank you for hanging with me over the last five weeks. There is certainly more things that, if, that could be said about suffering. But I've tried to narrow in some of the big ideas and give you some you know, ideas and principles from the scriptures that can help you as you're navigating through different situations and as you're shepherding people through different situations. But today, I really want to bring correction to Big Eva and to a lot of people that have been just pundits on the internet speaking on behalf of Christians, so-called speakers and pundits on behalf of Christians, and saying silly things like, over the last two years, we've not faced persecution. Okay, you've heard people say that in Big Eva. You've heard people turn to James Coates or Tim Stevens in Canada or with uh, Bill C4 and say, well, that's not real persecution. Uh, and they're saying that because we're not being torn limb from, you know, limb from limb or thrown into prison yet, even though we have been thrown into prison up north. So I want to correct that foolishness and I want to give a clear definition of what persecution is and then how to face it and how to not grow in persecution, how to put it into it where you are right now if you live in a so-called free nation. So let's go ahead and pray and ask for the Lord's help and we're going to finish up this series Again, thanks so much for sticking with me. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I need your help and guidance. Help me to be clear as I work through this, and I ask for your direction. I trust you're going to give it. God, give us courage to stand and obey you over, over the commands and requirements of people and of councils and of health departments and whatever we may face. God, help us be obedient. Help our loyalty to be to you. Uh, Jesus, you are the one who have, you, you've saved us. You, you've by your work, your life, death, and resurrection, we are now justified by the Supreme Court of all Supreme Courts, by the God of the universe. And Heavenly Father, thank you for welcoming, welcoming, welcoming us into the family through the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, turn our attention to him. Give us courage to obey him over anyone else. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, let's give a principle for persecution. You know, the last two years, again, people have been saying, well, the church hasn't been persecuted. You've seen it on your own timelines. You've seen it in responses. Uh, there's a massive amount of Christians that think, oh, no, we've not been persecuted at all. Russell Moore and such. And uh, that's kind of taken um, root in a lot of believers' minds throughout the country and really throughout the globe is that this has been a, a global pandemic and therefore these mandates have been necessary and uh, good and even noble, some would argue. There's not been persecution. And they, they look at you like you're weird. You know, it's like it's embarrassing that you would suggest that what we're facing is persecution and that somehow what we've been facing is dangerous. So I want to bring some clarity. And Pastor, if that's you, if you're, you've been the one that's been saying we've not been persecuted, I really want to bring some correction here. And I want you to look at the scriptures and I want you to consider 
what you have been saying over the last two years. And I want to call you out and I want to do it in the most humble way that I possibly can because you're walking in dangerous territory and you are not a son of Iskar. You're not recognizing right now that we are in a boiling pot of water and the evangelical church by and large as a whole, Protestants around the world have bought a narrative and a lie, hook, line, and sinker that's continued to put them in that boiling pot as the heat has been turned up. So I really want to call your attention and shake you a little bit to hopefully, by God's grace, wake you up and turn to people like Doc, uh, Dr. James Coates up north and Tim Stevens and the other pastor that's from, you know, wherever who has been in Canada, the Gestapo pastor, your Gestapo, that guy, um, and who have been mocking him and ridiculing him and not standing with him. And, you know, looking at Pastor John MacArthur as, as he, they preached this last year and, and not standing with John MacArthur and, and not recognizing that that's persecution and, and being this voice of mockery that's come alongside the, with the media and saying the exact same thing that mainstream media is saying and turning to our brothers and sisters in Christ and saying, you're not being persecuted. I want you to stop. And I want you to consider the reasons that I'm going to put forth here as to why I'm calling you to stop. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. What is persecution? Well, we can all agree that what Saul was doing to the church in Jerusalem, that was persecution. Can we not? We can all agree. When Christians are torn limb to limb simply because they, they love, love Jesus and want to obey him, uh, they want to worship properly according to the scriptures, that's persecution. The big banner persecution stuff, we can all agree with, okay? Heads getting chopped off. You know, what happens in Iraq and Iran with Christians, okay, that, that's persecution. But then we turn back the last two years and we, we look at what's happened and we say in light of those real persecutions around the world, in light of real brothers and sisters in Christ who have been persecuted and killed on behalf of their faith, we don't want to call what we're facing persecution because, you know, what, what are you saying? Just having to put a mask on is persecution? Okay, now let's pump the brakes a little bit and let's just ask what is persecution biblically? Okay, and then persecution builds like it goes in, in order. You don't just go in, in an environment typically from, you know, stage zero persecution to stage 100 persecution where people are, are getting that, you know, their limbs torn off for their faith. Things happen by progression and there's a callous nature to persecution that builds over time. It's the same thing that happens in this country. Socialism builds over time. We have socialistic programs that have flown under the radar in a country and a nation that says they hate socialism for years. So, same thing happens with persecution, where persecution builds, and people don't realize it because they are the frog in the kettle. The, the, the fire keeps getting turned up just a little bit more, and a little bit more. And as you sit in that jacuzzi, you're thinking, boy, this is nice. you got your arms up around the sides, and you don't realize that you're slowly roasting to death. You guys know the metaphor. Okay. Anytime, this is the best thing that I, can, that, that I see in the scriptures that defines persecution in its smallest degree or its biggest degree, because it's, it's universal principle anywhere. The consequences may be different. But the root issue is the exact same. Anytime a person requires from you, a Christian, anytime anyone, health department, governor, <coughs> local authorities or federal authorities, require anything of you, no matter what it is, that's a violation of your Christian conscience, in which they expect you to obey them over God, that is persecution. No matter what it is, from the smallest degree to the greatest. Now, punishments are going to be different, at some point, you might be like Pastor Tim Stevens or James Coates thrown into prison if you preach against uh, the just insanity when it comes to sex and, and the moral understanding of, or the lack of moral understanding of what it means to be a man or a woman or how does sex work appropriately or what is marriage. When you're just 
spitting out biblical truth on that and people are censoring your YouTube videos and coming to your door and arresting you for things like that, okay, the, the consequences then are going to end up being bigger and there already are in some places around the world. But the smallest degree to the greatest, the principle applies the same. When a Christian obeys God and then it's a violation of some sort of man-made rule or order or edict and there's consequences that come with that man-made rule, order, or edict, then that is persecution. That's persecution. It doesn't matter if it's a small punishment or a large punishment. The principle is the same. They are requiring obedience to you, uh, obedience to them over obedience to God. And it, it's happened like crazy over the last two years. And you say, well, no, it hasn't. There's been violations of my Christian conscience. There's been violations of the of biblical commands of local assembly and local worship. Okay, let, let's, again, turn back last two years. When the government comes to you, and they say to the churches or to anybody, you can't assemble. Okay, for one, that's a violation of Romans 13 because the law of the land states that we can assemble. Freedom of assembly. When they come to you and they say, you can't come to worship unless you're wearing a mask, unless you social distance. They are stepping outside of their God-given and their God-relegated and regulated authority. They have no authority to tell us what to do in the local church. And when pastors give over their God-given responsibility of shepherding the flock to the state, they are derelict of their responsibility and they should resign immediately. Here's, so here's what happens. The state says, you can't worship. Pastors and Christians say, well, okay, we'll do whatever we can to worship. We know we want to, so we'll put the mask on and, uh, and then we'll, we'll social distance. Okay. And then they say, well, that's not a big deal. They're asking everybody to do that. That's not persecution. However, there are people in the church and the pastors of that church have already handed the role that God has given to them, delegated to them, and regulated for them, handed that role over to the state, and now the state is dictating the terms of worship. That is a violation of the scriptures. And then when people go and they say, I don't feel right about this, I really want to sing, I want to receive communion, and the pastor is saying, no, you can't do that because we've given that authority over and we're going to sub submit to them. When that's required from the state or those pastors and individual members of a church, then go and comply with that. Okay, that, that is, that is a violation. You're requiring people to violate their conscience. Okay, so pastors have to wake up. This is persecution. Pastors, when, when the state is telling you you can't do this, you have to look at them and say, well, shove it. This is what we're going to do because God has told us to do it. We are going to gather. We're not going to social distance. We are going to greet one another in the name of the Lord. We are going to receive communion. We are going to sing. And we're not going to social distance because that violates clear commandments in the scriptures to love one another, to give each one, or, one another affectionate uh, uh, greetings, to pray for the sick, to lay hands on the sick. So, sorry, we're not going to do that. We're not going to violate our conscience to obey you over God. Now, when we do violate conscience and obey the state over God to the smallest degree. Here's what happens. Compliance to a false God, which is what that is, by the way, that's idolatry. When we obey the state over God, we're, that, that's the definite, that's Baal worship. I mean, it's just, a, it's a new Baal. We, we're, we're walking in paganism. We're worshiping some created thing over the, the, the creator of the universe. And so when we do that, when our conscience gets seared and we put that mask on, and when we go and we go to worship or, or wherever and we follow these commandments for healthy people, it's just insanity. They don't have the authority to do this. When we do that and we violate the Christian conscience and we comply, well, that has a searing effect on us to where we can't even recognize persecution. 
well, this isn't persecution because they're just asking me to do this. You know, it's, um, you know, it's incrementalism. This is what happens with persecution. And you get people to walk with persecution and to not take a stand by doing it incrementally. And so, guys, I've been talking about this for a long time now. You can listen to ex- or, you know old podcasts. This isn't something new. just want to give a definition of, per- of persecution. Persecution is when anyone requires you to violate your Christian conscience and to obey them over God. That's idolatry. And when we comply and take one step towards a false god, and when we obey them over God, it has this searing effect on us. And it has a mass searing effect on us. You know, there's been this mass hypnosis thing that that Dr. Malone said on Joe Rogan. And this has been happening in the church like crazy. To the point that the Gospel Coalition is looking to brothers in Canada and saying, well, James Coates, he's not being persecuted. Well, go talk to his family. Go talk to James Coates as he's wanting to just simply assemble and obey the command to come together all the more as you see the day approaching. And you go tell him to his face that he's not being persecuted. Here's the thing. The Gospel Coalition, in that instance, not always, but in that instance, in a lot of these big evil pundits, they are doing the work of the enemy and they are helping. They are actually doing the work of the enemy by trying to get Christians and deceive Christians into thinking that we are not being persecuted. And pastor, if you've been duped, if you've been duped by the lie that we have not been facing persecution, here's the only response that's, that is right and proper today, right now, wherever you're at, is you repent, you turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I have not seen it. My eyes have been covered. I've, it's in, and I have, just haven't seen it. I've gone along and said, well, this isn't persecution because it's for everybody and it's the same rules for everybody. No. And if you've seen that, even just here in the last 10, 12 minutes, then repent and change. That's all you got to do. Obey God over men. Do what Peter did. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. Understand sphere sovereignty. Read Abraham Kuyper. Understand how the, 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 the scriptures delegate four different types of government. And there's delegated authority and regulated authority that God gives to the civil government, and that God gives to the church government, that God gives to the family, and that God gives to the individual. Get into that and repent and give people courage to stand. Because if we don't stand now, if we don't gather for worship, if, you're, if you don't take the mask off, if, if, you, if you don't refuse to social distance, if you, uh, if you sing loudly, and you, if you don't do any of those things, you are training our people to walk into more and more tyranny and more and more persecution. And pastors, it's a shame. I've seen it everywhere. I've seen more pastors do online services over the last couple months, go back to online services. Stop doing that. Stop doing online services. Gather with God's people. Pastor, you are a shepherd, and as I stated last week, you are not allowed to social distance. You just can't, unless you want to walk in sin and train your people to be compliant Baal worshipers. Okay, this is the series on suffering. Persecution is anything that is requiring you to obey somebody else over God. It's anything that's requiring you to violate your conscience and to disobey God and obey men. That's persecution. And so we need to have the courage to stand. How do you have courage? Obey God. Obey God. Thank Him for His grace and then obey Him. Okay, guys, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Please feel free, subscribe, share. Uh, There's also the Founders Founders giveaway that's continuing to go on if you subscribe to the Gab channel. And if you comment on any video, you're going to be signed up for the 10 book giveaway from Founders. And then please uh, help me spread the word about this. Uh, I want this to be as helpful as possible to as many people as possible, primarily to pastors, but also to anybody who would listen in. I just want to thank you so much. It's been such a joy. Have a good rest of your day.